Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Fluke. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. For the Gospel, it is according to John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you know that there are 3,237 people who are named in the Bible? 3,237 people, characters in the Bible. That's according to some source I found online the other day. I have no idea if that's correct or not. But it sounds like a good number, and I'm sure somebody's counted. And some of those are very well known. If I asked you to start making a list of people, I'm sure you could come up with probably not 3,000, but quite a few people in the Bible. People like the main characters we've talked about the last few weeks with Christmas and Advent. We've talked about people like Mary and Joseph or Elizabeth and Zechariah. And by the way, did you know there are over 20 people in the Bible named Zechariah? There's a lot of Zacharias to keep track of. Or maybe you'd come up with some more obscure characters, people like Simeon and Anna. We talked about them two weeks ago. Today's reading, John introduces us to a new character, Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is not one of the A-list starring characters in the Bible. He does get this one story about him, so he's maybe, I don't know, top 1,000 or so in the Bible. But after this story, John is going to mention Nathanael exactly one more time. It'll be in John 21, after Jesus is raised from the dead. So at least we know he makes it to the end of the story. And he's also mentioned by Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but they call him by a different name, Bartholomew. And he's really only mentioned as part of the list of the 12 disciples. So this story that we just heard, this is Nathanael's big moment. This is his one starring role. Apparently, this is the only time in his life he said something interesting enough for the gospel writers to write it down. So in today's reading, Nathaniel gets a whopping three lines of dialogue. And I'll look at each one of those lines, because I think there's something we can learn from each one of them. So to set the scene, remember last week, we heard the story of John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. The heavens opened up. God's voice declared, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. And then after Jesus' baptism, 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell us Jesus goes off in the wilderness, spends some time being tempted. And Satan challenges that promise that Jesus had just heard from God at his baptism. Satan tempts Jesus to abandon his mission, forget who he is, give up on what he came to do. And we'll hear that story of temptation in a couple weeks. It's the first Sunday in the season of Lent every year. Lent starts exactly one month from today. But John, in the story that he is telling about Jesus, skips right over the temptation and wilderness stuff. And John picks up the story as Jesus is beginning his public ministry. So this week and next week, we will hear about Jesus calling disciples, calling people to follow him, inviting people to join him in the work that he's doing. So this new character, Nathaniel, is minding his own business one day when his friend Philip comes up to him and says, Hey, Nathaniel, you know how we as God's people have been waiting for hundreds of years for God to send a Savior, the Messiah, to come and rescue us? Well, guess what? I found him. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph. He's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel responds with this fantastic line. The first thing we hear him saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So the first thing that Nathaniel says when he hears about the savior of the world is a sarcastic quip about the guy's hometown. What a great character introduction. I love this character. And Nazareth, you see, is a small, ordinary village. There's probably at that time around 200 to 400 people living there. It is not somewhere of any importance. It's a backwater, blink and you'll miss it town in Israel. It's not even mentioned in the Old Testament. There's no prophecies about it. It's not the kind of place where if you were looking for a hero, you would go look. Heroes grow up in, what, palaces. They descend from Mount Olympus. Heroes maybe come from Rome, the capital of the empire. Nobody in their right mind would go to Nazareth looking for where God is living, looking for where God is entering the world. Or at least that's Nathaniel's assumption. And as I hear that assumption and we think about how wrong he is, I wonder how often do you and I make similar judgments? How often do we look at where someone came from or what their race is or how they talk or what they look like or what their job is and we make assumptions and judgments about what that person is capable of. We think we can know everything about someone from one little detail. So I think there's a lesson in this story here for us, both in how we judge other people, usually wrongly, and also in how we limit where we expect to find God at work. I don't think it's an accident that God chooses to break into our world. When God decides God is coming here, God chooses to come into a small town among poor peasants rather than in some great empire's capital. So Jesus, we just heard this story, right? Jesus is born in Bethlehem in another small village to unexceptional, unnoticed parents. And God does that all over scripture. God often seems to show up in unexpected places to unexpected people. How often do we miss what God is doing because we're looking in the wrong place? And so when Nathaniel asks if God can possibly be working in a dump like Nazareth, Philip gives the perfect response. 
He simply says, come and see. What a great example Philip is for us as modern followers of Jesus. Look at what he does in this story. First of all, when he meets Jesus himself and he realizes God is up to something here, he doesn't keep the good news to himself. He goes and he tells someone. He finds his friend Nathaniel and he tells him what's happened. He tells him what he's found. And then when his friend is skeptical of this news, skeptical of what he's found, Philip does not argue with him. He doesn't lecture him or try to force him to convert. He doesn't write him off as a friend or something. He simply invites him, come and see. There's no program. There's nothing elaborate. It's just a simple invitation, come and see. We all know people who don't go to church, right? And I don't just mean on like mornings when it's super cold. We all have people we know who are not connected to a church. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Some people are actively opposed to church. Some people think this is all a scam. Some people just think it's a waste of time. There are people who have been hurt by the church and God knows there are far too many cases where the church has inflicted great pain on people and driven people away. But for other people, and I do think this is the vast majority of people, people do have an interest in faith. They might not know exactly what they're looking for, where to find it, or where to start, but lots of people are curious about religious questions, questions of faith and meaning and purpose. People are looking for community, looking for meaning, looking for a connection with God, a connection beyond ourselves. And for lots of our neighbors, all they need is an invitation. So we can't make somebody come to church and don't try. Don't go out and grab people and pull them into church. We can't make somebody connect with God. But we can do what Philip does. We can invite people to come and see in the story, then, we don't hear Nathaniel say anything back to Philip, but apparently he's interested enough to follow along and meet Jesus, because in the next verse, Jesus sees Nathaniel coming towards him. And when Jesus sees him, Jesus compliments him on his honesty, compliments him on his willingness to speak his skepticism. There's no, you have little faith, why didn't you believe or something? No, Jesus seems happy with him. And then we get Nathaniel's second line of dialogue. Nathaniel asks Jesus, where did you get to know me? And Jesus responds, well, I saw you over there under the fig tree before Philip called you. But of course, there's more to it than that, because Jesus, I really don't think Jesus just happened to glance over and see him and see a guy sitting there. Jesus knows Nathaniel. Jesus knows his skepticism, his sarcasm, his doubts. And it gets complicated when we think about Jesus being both God and human at the same time and how that all works together. But I think it's the same kind of knowing that our psalm today talked about. The psalmist writes, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. Your creator knew you before you were born. Your creator knit you together in your mother's womb. It is the exact opposite of the kind of knowledge that Nathaniel thought that he had. Where Nathaniel thought he knew everything about somebody just because of where they're from, and because of that he felt free to reject him, God actually does 
know all about us. And the miracle, of course, is that knowing all about us, knowing our doubts and our weaknesses, knowing our sins, knowing the things that we don't want anybody else to know, God still loves us. God still loves you. Knowing us completely, God calls us beloved. God invites us to come and see, to come and follow. And as followers of Jesus, we are invited to see people this way as well. To see all people the way that God sees them. As beloved children of God, no matter where they are from, no matter what they look like, to see all people as fearfully and wonderfully made. We are called to stand up for the rights and dignity of all God's children. We are called to invite people to challenge their assumptions and the limits they place on God to come and see what God is doing. And when Nathanael realizes the way Jesus knows him, his entire attitude shifts. So in his third line of dialogue, the last thing we hear him saying, Nathanael goes from being the skeptic to confessing that Jesus is the Son of God and naming him as the King of Israel. And Nathanael's shift here is so sudden, it's so dramatic, that Jesus actually seems a little bit startled. So loosely translated, Jesus' response is something like, that's all you needed to believe? You ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait for it. And of course, we know there's going to be a lot more to see. If Nathaniel's one of those 12 traveling with Jesus, think of all the different miracles he experiences. He sees Jesus' identity confirmed again and again and again, culminating on that Easter Sunday when Jesus is raised from the dead. But for now, at this part of the story, this is enough for Nathaniel. It's enough to be seen and known. So he is ready to follow he believes he has found the Messiah, or more accurately, the Messiah has found him. And you and I are given that same invitation as Nathaniel. And in fact, we are given much more evidence because we know the rest of the story. We should know by now that God's work takes place in strange ways, in unexpected people from unexpected places. We should know that our identity as God's children comes from God's claim on us in the waters of baptism, not from our circumstances or our birthplace or accomplishments or anything else that we do. And yet, at least for me, I think wrestle with the th same kind of things as Nathaniel. We wonder, can God really be at work in someone from there or someone like that? Can God really be working in a little church like this. If God truly knows me, can God really still love me and forgive me? Come and see, for this is the Son of God. This is the King of Israel. Come and see and follow. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockmill.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.